All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. Your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo, where young salespeople come to get ahead in their careers. Stoked for this episode, Wednesday, April 20th, 420, for those who uh, would like to indulge. Um, excited to have Jordan Benjamin on the pod today. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know Jordan, definitely check him out uh, on LinkedIn. He is a uh, principal partner sales manager over, over at HubSpot. He's about to hit his eight-year mark there and has had a lot of success as a salesperson. And we get into a little bit of that. What we focus more on is his side hustle, his side project that he's getting into, uh, which is called My Core OS. He's also a podcast host. We did a little bit of a podcast swap. So you can check me out on his as well. Um, but what we really talk about is this you know, razor's edge of trying to be a top performer and working your ass off to be there and get to that top 1% while also maintaining your sanity and not going crazy and not, you know, going down a mental health rabbit hole, not getting burnt out, you know, not losing your passion and, and your ambition or, or really just losing your life uh, in, gen in general when you're going on that ambitious road. So we talk all about that. He puts together a lot of great content around that, a lot of great events, coaching, things like that. It's a great conversation. It's a topic that I hear all the time as something that folks want to hear more about. I get questions in the DMs about it quite a bit. So I think you're really going to appreciate this one. Hopefully you like it. If you do, show some love, subscribe wherever you're listening, um, and hit me up on LinkedIn, Tom Alemo on there. And uh, you know I post every single day, so I'd love to hear from you and hear what made you tick with this episode. But without further ado, let's just get straight into it. Me and my man, Jordan Benjamin, let's go. All right, coming out of the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, Jordan Benjamin, the king of mental resilience is here for the Millennial Sales Podcast. Jordan, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, excited to be here, Tom. Excited to have you. We got a lot that we got to get into. Um, I don't even, uh, I, I want to start with actually the whiteboard right over your right shoulder. And I know that you're usually supposed to start with an easy question uh, to, to a podcast to warm things up, but let's just get into it because it's staring at me at the face. Your whiteboard says, how are you creating the best version of you? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so some of where that comes from and really aligns with my core OS and a lot of the work that I've done is most of the stuff that I needed to build an actual life outside of school was never taught to me in school. Mm. And I find that I talk to so many people, I've been there, I still sit there sometimes that are feel like they're running on a hamster wheel where they don't really know why they're doing what they're doing. And we think about our personal operating system on our devices about like, yeah, we're updating the iPhone a couple times a you know month or a couple times a year. Like computer updates are pushing, apps are updating. And yet most of us as humans aren't intentionally thinking about how do we design the life that we want and how do we create the best version of ourselves and build our own personal operating system. And so for me, that question helps me think about what content am I reading? You know, who am I talking to? Who am I surrounding myself with? How am I showing up at my best every single day? And what can I do to get there? And so that's what that question is a, a little bit of a motivator for me. And also is a, usually a fun question to chat about with other folks when I get a chance to talk to them as well. 
Yeah, you've opened up a, a can of worms that, that we dive into. So um, when I hear you say that, it sounds like, you know, in, intentionality is, is one of the things I, I take away, right? So the opposite of that is, is the hamster wheel you described, right? Where you're working, you know, just day after day without like a real purpose, without a real goal, just grinding, grinding until you get yourself ground down and you're not even sure why you're doing what you're doing, why you're hanging with the people you are why you have the job that you have, why you live where you live. Um, and it's easy. The easy thing is, is to kind of get lost in that. And, and the hard thing to do, I think, is to be intentional and to question those things. So um, how do you start with doing something like that? Yeah, I, I think for me, self-awareness is one of the absolute most critical things for anybody whether you want to lead or whether you just want to lead yourself in your own life. Uh, and so understanding what are my biases? What are my experiences in life that shape how I view the world and how I show up? You know, what are my values? And so frequently, school, again, never gave me any of those things. You know, I've got stuff that's ingrained in my head from my parents and what I saw from them or what I got from school. But most of it isn't talking about like what I feel and how I want to show up. And so for me, I think we need to help folks build self-awareness through whether it's journaling, reflection, quiet time, talking to a mentor, a therapist, even there are so many different ways that we can start on that path of understanding where are we at today? And then we can start to say, well, now where do I want to go? What do I want to try and create and see if it works? It may, it may not. And that's okay. But it's about taking that intentionality to say, here's where I want to direct my life. And that may change over time. And that's fine. As you learn more, as you continue to do and execute. Uh, to me, this feels like something that you can't, I'm sure you have read some really good books and uh, met some interesting people and maybe listened to some guests that have helped to shape some of these ideas, but it feels like it's hard fought uh, lessons, you know, like there's a path that leads you to be interested in this, that you have to fail in order to, to, to probably be interested in, in trying to correct this. Um, so if that's the case, you're nodding. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of the, the Genesis story of how you got it. And then maybe we'll, we'll go a little bit up, up to that path of, of how you got to the idea of my core OS and um, into talking about some of these things around resiliency and burnout and some of those topics. Yeah, it's, it's always an interesting story. Didn't plan to go into sales, uh, coming out of school, had a business degree, uh, had a mentor say, oh yeah, maybe you should check out the startup company doing sales. They didn't want to hire me at the start. So I went to Lululemon, started slinging yoga clothing. Uh, <laughs> got, I, I'd been into yoga for quite a while prior to that, thanks to a, a friend of mine. Uh, I had got into meditation in college as well. And so it was like, oh, Lululemon, this is cool. And, and didn't think much of it until a handful of years later, but they had us do something in the store where it was like, oh, write your goals up on the wall and let everybody in the store see them. One five and 10 year goals. They gave us, wow. I think a strengths finder assessment as well to start using some of these tools to build some of that self-awareness of, well, who am I? What, what are my strengths? What, where do I have opportunities to improve? And how do I actually like not only write down goals, but put them out there for like anybody that was walking into the store to see with my face on it. And so it started to build some of these qualities for me. And I was only at Lululemon for about, oh gosh, like four or five months, but it gave me a lot of really great skills. Startup that I was looking to go to was like, hey, we're hiring BDRs, 100 cold calls a day, success once uh, a day is, is great uh, and went for it. And I worked with that startup for about two and a half years. We grew to about from probably like 30 to 100 people. 
And then we went from 100 people to about, I think it was eight or 10, maybe six yeah. or 10. Yeah. And so we all went out, we partied. We were in downtown Boulder, like in college area. So right next to a bar, we all went out and drank heavily. Uh, after getting laid off, we we're like, I don't know what it's 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. What do you, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fair. the answer. Um, and then went to another startup about a month and a half later, uh, start of January of 2014, and was an awesome, awesome experience. Was doing enterprise sales, like flying across the country, traveling to the West Coast, meeting with like Airbnb and Kendall Jackson nice. Wines and like big enterprise brands doing influencer marketing sales. So long sales cycle, was there for about 90 days. April 1st rolls around and they're like, we need to let go about 40% of the company. Mm, the twofer. <laughs> and God so damn. within about six months, got just blasted in my early 20s. And my girlfriend at the time was moving to Boston. And I had no interest in moving to Boston. I was like, I, I'm, I went to college in California. I'm from like Boulder, Colorado. Like yeah. people in Boston, they're going to be mean. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know That's about me. these people. <laughs> <laughs> and got laid off again and was like, you know what? I got to figure out what may happen next. And so sitting there before I even left the computer that they'd given me in the office, hit up a guy that uh, I knew at HubSpot. I was like, hey, I think I might be moving to Boston. <laughs> I, uh, my, my hand is forced here a little bit. Do you guys hire? And he was like, yeah, totally. So about a month and a half later, moved to Boston, went to join HubSpot. Uh, we were about 700, 750 employees at that point in time, pre-IPO by about six or eight months and worked with agency partners, helping coach these smaller business owners on how do they think about growing their business? How do they actually run a business because most of these folks had never been business people. They were web developers. They were social media uh, kind of freelancers that then yeah. went to build a business. And so through kind of that experience, I got certified as yoga instructor. I'd been doing a bunch of yoga, had continued meditation practice, had gone to a lot of different events, learning about how do you bring together mindfulness and business in a way that actually creates this human to human connection. And so through some of those experiences, through a handful of other failures and struggles along the way, president's clubs, and then really bad months, and then coming back, I started to build some of these systems for myself. A lot of learning from other people, from these conferences, from people internally, from great leaders, from maybe not so great leaders on how do I want to show up? How do I want to interact with people? How do I want to sell? But how do I also want to coach and develop these business owners that I was working with and helping them shape their business? And so that's what's really kind of got me to start thinking about mental health and mindfulness and how do we leverage our brain power to actually help support us and build these cycles that help build us up and that are like virtuous versus a lot of these vicious cycles that bring us down. That is what is pretty easy for a lot of us in most cases. So that's a little bit of the story that kind of got me into sales and then starting to talk about how do I manage my own mental health? How do I support myself? Because sales can be an absolute roller coaster. Yep. Uh, and so those are some of the things that now I lead some different sessions at HubSpot, outside of HubSpot with my core OS, uh, helping folks really build self-awareness and personal understanding, and then giving them tools to intentionally create their personal operating system within their organization or for themselves as well. So there's a lot that I want to get into there. Before we do that, can we just show a little, can we pay some homage to Lululemon for the 
for the goal setting exercises outside of just having the comfiest fabric in the athleisure game uh that's a pretty like you know that's pretty solid right there like getting the one five ten year putting it up like get some accountability going um i love that so i, I want to just give a shout out to that yeah it, it was amazing and i really did not realize it until i went on my like first podcast six years ago and they were like oh like where, where'd some of this come from and i sat there and was like oh my gosh i didn't even connect those dots until a bunch of years later at how that set this really incredible foundation to have intention about how do I think about my growth? How do I design and architect that? Uh, and it's crazy part is like, I, I still saw the document a, a little while ago and it was like, oh, a bunch of those things have actually happened crazy enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so it's, it's been a really wild ride, but yeah, they, they had some really great cultural stuff to help really develop people, which I think is what we're seeing so many companies trying to figure out now to avoid this great resignation is if we can help develop our people beyond just like do the job, do the job better, but how do we actually help you grow as a human and give you skills that last a lifetime? That's what really starts to build retention and loyalty within your employees in today's day and age. So there's a big chunk I want to get into um, with that, but, but before we do, you got laid off twice in six months the first six months you were in sales in tech sales right am i is uh, that right i was at the company for the first one for like two years oh and then okay. got laid off and laid off again so i'd had like okay, so two twice, years of experience okay and then and then, then twice in six months after that and then yeah and still like the startup i was at the first time like we didn't know what goals were like you'd hit quota yeah. sometimes most people would never hit quota so I was like, I, I don't know. I think I'm okay. I was doing better than most of the other people, but I was like, I don't know. Is sales even for me that second time I got laid off, but that's what I was going to ask is like, you know, you having the two years, I guess is, is, is definitely a helpful piece, but you get laid off twice in, in two years or two and a half years. You know, you might be thinking, shit, maybe the, maybe the sales thing and this tech thing and this software thing and the startup thing like this, maybe not for me. Uh, but that your, your, your thought was, no, I'm just gonna go find another one, and it just happened to be, uh, you know, one of the one of the goats of of the software world. Yeah, and luckily the the thing that really did intrigue me is I interviewed at a handful of other companies, but HubSpot gave me the first offer, and then the recruiter pulled a like solid one. I was like, oh great, I've got a final interview with one other company. She was like, oh, I'll just I'll just take the offer off the table then, uh, and they they came in with the first interview, the first offer, and it was like. Yeah, I'm unemployed right now. So like, I need to take that job. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. can't, I can't play hardball here or anything of the sort. Um, but, you know, seeing them at this like 700 stage, knowing kind of where they were growing, they'd already had product market fit, they'd figured a lot of things out at that point, was where I was like, all right, I've seen these smaller startups, you know, zero to 100 employee range. Let's go see what it looks like from 700 plus to really watch them move from that startup to scale up mode. So that was yeah. some of the intention there to say, okay, I, I think this could align nicely, but most of it was just being in the right place at the right time uh, and getting laid off and seeing it as an opportunity. Uh, that that yeah. like second time, it was like, yeah, I'm not going out and partying afterwards. Like nose of the grindstone. Like I got yeah. I got to show up uh, because there was time, you know where I wasn't sure about it, where it was like, hey, is this for me? Startups? I don't know. So HubSpot felt a little bit safer, but yeah. I mainly just wanted to follow my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you talk about this kind of um, 
we're in a new world. I was, I was talking about this with my sister the other day. Um, and, you know, it, it, at least from what I see and have read and, and you know, I, I'd be curious on your take. You know, the modern workday work week was was created so long ago, like with assembly lines, right? It was like the nine to five. Everyone's going to be on the shift at the same time because that's the only way the assembly line could work. You're, you're not really thinking, but you're just doing that. Take your hour lunch, you clock in, you clock out. And for manual labor, like that is necessary. That is important. You, you need to do that. But anyone listening to this is a knowledge worker, right? So especially in sales, you're getting paid on your output. You're getting paid on the meetings you book, the pipeline the closed deals, you know, how your team performs if you're your, um, and so for some people that might take, you know, 60 hours a week, for some people it might take 35, for some people it might take 90. Um, and maybe it depends on who you are and the job you have and, and a lot of different factors. But I think a lot of people, especially in, in our, our, you know, age range is kind of like sniffing this and just saying like, you know, the way that we've been doing this is, is, is kind of bullshit or it's not working for us. You know, like I, I, I need help, you know, to make sure I'm not burning out. And like, I don't want to go to the office every day and I don't give a shit about the kombucha on tap. Like I want to, you know, someone to me about like, you know, the mental health or I need to learn how to meditate or journal or, you know, work out or all these different things. So I'd love to just hear your, your take. That's kind of how I'm seeing it right now. And it's, I feel like, 50 years from now, people are going to be like, I can't believe they were doing it that way. You know, I, it feels, it feels like a, like a monument shift um, that's been happening in the last few years. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. I think there's been this shift that's been happening is more tech has enabled work and work from anywhere and folks to get leverage out of yeah. the work that they do opposed to just working on that factory floor. And somewhat easy for us to talk about because like there are still a lot of folks that like have to clock in and clock out. Like I even talked to support reps, you know, on, on our team that yeah. they're like, Oh yeah, I have a scheduled lunch break. And I was like, man, I didn't even like realize that, but I think we are seeing this massive shift in terms of what people want from work. Mm -hmm. And I, I ran a workshop the other day and multiple people are like, I want freedom to choose where and how I spend my time with work knowing that I meet the expectations that I show up for the team. I think we're seeing this really interesting shift of a lot of teachers moving out of teaching in schools to tech sales. I've seen a yeah. ton of it happening lately. And I think that's some of this wow. like, oh yeah, one, they've felt under, they've been undervalued for ages. They've, yeah. you know, forced to go into a classroom, buy their own supplies, navigating, you know, what it's been like through the pandemic. And so I think we're seeing so many people say like, I think everybody has the potential to be pretty decent at sales. If you can find something you're knowledgeable about and you can talk to and you believe in and you're comfortable having a conversation with people, I think a lot of that stuff can be learned because I'm a big fan of Daniel Pink's To Sell as Human. Hmm. And it's like, whether you're talking to your kid, trying to get them to you know, do their dishes or clean their room or something, or you're talking to a friend about like, hey, could you pick me up and give me a ride? It's all some form of exchanging resources. And so I think we're seeing this shift of people saying, wow, tech looks like a much better way to leverage my brain power, gives me freedom, gives me autonomy, has some pretty good money behind it too. Yep. And so I think we're seeing a, a shift on that front for sure. I, I think the other piece that you talk about, and 
I probably will see how far of a tangent I go into here about the school system in general and what it's <laughs> yeah. trained us to do. Yeah. But for the most part, it's trained us to be these factory workers. It hasn't trained us yeah. to leverage our creativity, to leverage. Let's get into the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't taught us to leverage like this incredible human capability that we have, especially when we use technology to get leverage from ourselves. And so that's kind of where I think the school system is really programmed most of us to live a very average life. Uh, one of my favorite TED Talks is from Sean Acor, uh, The Secret to Happier Work, yeah. uh, Harvard professor. And he talks in there and it blew my mind when he talked about it a bunch of years ago, but he talks about like most schools are built to the middle, to the average. And there's some outliers up top, there's some down below. And we're not studying like, well, what are the best of the best doing to be there? Because that's hard. It's hard yeah. to replicate. It's hard to recreate. And so we build everything to be mediocre. Yeah. And so I think the school system has really put us in this place where it didn't give us any life skills. It didn't give us anything that we really need to use for the majority of us out there today in how we run our life. School never told me, how do I deal with a girlfriend that cheats on me? How do yeah. I <laughs> deal with the loss of a parent or a loved one? How do yeah. I bounce back from getting laid off twice? I'm like, I thought I just like went and worked and like got a Rolex or whatever after 30 years. And it's like, that's yeah. simple. Like my grandpa. And it was like, no, this is not how life works in today's day and age. And we've got to go yeah. learn for ourselves and develop. How do we want to be in the world? And so the last part of the tangent, because you, you hit on it pretty closely, is there's another awesome resource or, or another TED talk actually from this guy, Tony Schwartz. Uh, and he talks about he's got this program and I, I've definitely got some pieces of it that I, I run with teams, but it's called manage your energy, not your time. And he talks about the way that we're working isn't working and how we all only have 168 hours in a week. Even though I swear Elon Musk has three times as much time as I do. It's not about just more hours. It's about how can you bring your best energy to those hours and get that leverage because we can then expand our energy. We can bring more value with the time that we spend. And so I think all of these pieces are really coming together to help us say, we want to work differently. We want to feel supported. We know life is worth living. And if I can use my creativity and my brain and my human potential to do what it may take somebody else 60 hours to do, and I can do it in 20, that's where I want to spend my time. Yeah. I love the, um, you know, I, I love thinking about the dichotomy because you're not, you know, a monk that's that's meditating on a mountain for you know ten hours a day, right? Like you're, you're. If I looked at your calendar, you were probably on a shit ton of HubSpot partner calls today. You got a side hustle that you're working on. Um, you're doing these trainings and these workshops, and you know you did an event last night for a startup. So, what's interesting to me is like, you know, removing the conversation from, you know, uh, it, it being like, hey, you either you know work hard or you're successful or you have good mental health, right? When I think about the word resiliency, it's like, you wanna be successful, you want your, your shit done, accomplish your goals, but you wanna like stay sane during it and be able to handle when those things that you just talked about happen. And so like, I mean, without, you know, risk of asking maybe just too, too dumb of a question, like how do we do that? It's not easy. Uh, I've I really recently, I'm like, you know, I've been taking on too much stuff. I'm managing a couple of vacation rental properties that aren't, aren't mine even, I'm not even getting paid for that were my dad's. Uh, you know, I've taken a couple courses online and like, 
I realized I was like, man, I, I feel, I feel burnout coming up. Uh, I yeah. feel stress. And I think that's the key is being able to say, Hey, here's where I'm starting to feel this and really having a clear understanding of what are the things that I need to do to refresh or renew? Because so many of us think that in order to perform, we just have to push, push, push. And there is a good piece of that there. I think, especially early in your career, you're going to have to push pretty hard and you're going to find when do you hit some of those stressful points, some of those points that you're like, Ooh, yeah, this is like heavy. I don't know if I can do this. This is a lot. But then when you get there, you start to understand, well, where are your limits and what do you need to do to fill yourself back up? Because by renewing or refreshing or finding rest is how we actually get to our top performance or peak performance. And so I think about professional athletes, they're experts at rest. They take naps, they're doing float tanks, hyperbaric chambers, they're doing all these things to rest and recover, to help treat their body right. So they can show up with that physical, mental, emotional, spiritual energy that drives them. And so for me, I think it's like, okay, some days, yeah, bunch of back to back calls. How do I take one minute of just breathing in between calls, just notice my breath in and out. Super simple and easy. Maybe I find some things that are 10 or 20 minutes. Great, I'm gonna go walk my dog for a little while. I'm gonna go just walk outside. I may go turn on a good song and just like jam out and not be staring or scrolling on my phone to allow that shift in focus of where I pay attention. And how can I use these other things to help build me up and give me that energy? And also think about like, how do I create a story that's empowering about what I do? I, I talk to so many sellers that are like, I just want to hit quota because that's my quota. It's like, well, why? What do you yeah. want to do that's more than that? Because if we care about something deeply, we're going to work harder at it. And so if we can have this empowering story, that's what really starts to fuel me as I think about all the different things that I'm doing. Where it was like, yeah, I was taking care of these vacation rental properties after my dad passed away and helping my stepmom out. And I'm at a point now where it's like, you know, it's probably too much. Like I'm taking on too much for what I want to build. And I don't see as much of the story there where it's like, yeah, somebody else can probably go manage this and do a better job because I'm doing a handful of things right now to a mediocre level because I'm spread so thin. And so by starting to understand that personally, it's different for all of us, but that's where I start to build that self-awareness. Some of it through my meditation practice and journaling to be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling a little burnt out today. I'm feeling stressed. Where's that coming from? What can I do to set some boundaries? You know, I'm on a board of a little association here for young professionals. And it's like, yeah, I might need to adjust my time commitment there. How, how do I show up? And yeah. these things are all change for us in time. I think a lot of folks feel like, oh, this is what I've got to do. And it's going to stay like that forever. Or these are my beliefs. These are my values. And that stuff changes and updates. And that's why, again, I come back to this, like, well, what's your operating system? How do you understand what it is? And then how do you start being intentional about where do you want it to go in the future to ideally avoid burnout? I think there's a lot of, a lot of powerful uh, insights there. And I think, you know, another part of it is like as salespeople, we have the tendency to identify as our number, right? Like, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm good. Hit, hit quota last month. Oh, like, hey, how are things going? Shit. Like, ah, it's tough. Like just lost this deal. And so you, you kind of, can associate your own self-worth or your own mood or your own, like, how's your week going just based on 
this made up number that, you know, the CRO picked for you to sell in a given month or quarter. Um, and so I think, again, there's, there's some, some reality to like, Hey, you need to perform at the job, but it's also doesn't have to be so personal, right? You can get in, you could do great work and then you can, you know, turn the lights off at night and like, go do whatever you're going to do. Go, you know, watch some basketball or hang out with your dog or whatever you're into. I, I think that's such a powerful statement because so many of us directly associate our worth as a human to our work output or performance, especially in sales where it's so measurable. And even just saying, I know I am not my number starts to give you a little bit of freedom. And yes, yeah. I want to go out and overperform. You know, I've done, I think, I don't know, five, six presidents clubs. Like, trust me, I'm all about it. I want to hit those numbers. Yeah. But I've realized for me, like, I don't necessarily care about being number one. Like that may be where I've seen some folks, I've had chances to like really grind really hard a few different times. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to, a, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar a year and I came in number two, but I took a week off in December and did massive personal development and growth for myself that will pay dividends for me at least through the rest of my life where, yeah, I could have, you know, probably busted my butt, worked another 60, 80 hours in, in a couple of weeks. Maybe I would have got to number one, but what I make an extra couple thousand bucks and like get a pat on the back and then I'm back to zero two days yeah. later. And so that's but for me. I got to I got to I got to stop you there. You went to Let's unleash go. the power within or what? Uh, I've been to unleash the power within and that was date with destiny, actually. So he, oh, that's like the sixth day, isn't it? Yeah. Six days, uh, like unbelievable schedule of like early mornings to late nights, like start at like eight or 9am and you may not stop until 3am. Uh, you're not eating a lot of food. You're up and moving. He is a master at his craft. And so holy shit, yeah. some, some people you know, don't like him. Some people hate him. Some people love him. But for me, I'm, I'm a fan. And what I'm also just a fan of is like watching him engage a crowd in an audience oh my and God, he's talk best. to people and bring energy. And you hear, he's like, I forget. He's like technically CEO of like 40 companies or something right now. Yeah. And you're just like, what? How is this possible? And man, is he a good salesperson? Uh, oh, yeah. He is an ultimate, ultimate seller. But yeah, yeah. that was a uh, that was a date with destiny in that December, uh, and I did uh, the Unleashed Power Within with him in uh, July prior to that. Yeah, that um, this is a little, just a little bit of a tangent. I, I went to one in like probably 2016 or 17. Um, people don't get like, yeah, he gets on stage at 10 10 a.m. We're going till 2 a.m. And there's like one break to eat and he's on stage the whole time. Like he doesn't have water. He doesn't pee. I don't really get it. He's just jumping around and yelling and doing all this stuff for 12, 14 hours. It's, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen from a human being. It's crazy. It's, it's an absolute spectacle and it shows you. And those are, again, these experiences that I've had that show me like, I think about David Goggins when this comes up too, is like, mm -hmm our mind is so limited in what our true potential is. And most of us, you know, I think Goggins is like, Oh yeah, I want you to like, think you're ready to quit. You're like 40% of the way to your max. Like you've yeah. got a long way you can still go. And I think Tony shows that cause I don't know, he's like 60 something now. And you're like, he still shows up and is able to perform at this intensity and this level that is just mind boggling to me. I'm like, wait, I'm, less than half your age and like i'm ready to go to bed dude i'm tired yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. how do you exactly. do this 
And that's where you start looking at these different elements. And I think back to like burnout and resilience, it takes into account like your physical health. How are you taking care of your body? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating good things that fuel you, that actually fill you up and nourish your body versus the junk that's usually easiest for us to eat, cheapest to eat as well. You know, he's like, oh, how do you take care of your mental energy? And what are you focusing on? Because he talks a lot. It's like, what you focus on is what you get. You know, or what is it? Where focus goes, energy flows, or where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, And so it's like, as you start to take into account these different components of your life, you start to say like, okay, great. Here are the different pieces of the puzzle that is not just, oh, I have to push harder today, but how do I take better care of myself? That is stuff that is like so basic knowledge, but most of us really suck at it and don't yeah. do it. And yeah. so I think that's where you see from him, at least this ability to sustain and perform at such a high level for periods of time that still blow my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like when you're doing your, your the workshops uh, uh, for companies, like what does that typically look like? Are you going in and you give a speech or you doing like, uh, like different exercises with people, or is it like one-on-one type of coaching? What, what does it look like exactly? Yeah. So I, I do some one-on-one coaching with folks, but really what I love to do is go in with an organization and pre COVID in person, <laughs> like go actually yeah, yeah. go into an office, uh, post COVID I've done some things with, with a couple of brands, uh, over zoom, which is still fun. And, and luckily I've got a bunch of experience running zoom calls, we may touch on the, the Alt MBA uh, that I, I was part of as well, but we would go in and I think most learning happens when we actually get to experience something and then reflect on it and take mm. action. And so typically I'd say what I run is something in a workshop realm where we'll have some different slides, but then we'll have group conversation to help build team, get the team to connect and open up and learn who each other are outside of Let's just talk about the pipeline review and all of the things that, you know, I, I heard feedback from somebody yesterday was like, oh, it's like great understanding who the human is across from yeah. you, yeah. because now I can see them and understand them better and interact with them better and figure it out for myself too. And so it's usually workshops. I've got a couple different programs that I run that could be, you know, 12 weeks with a session every other week for an hour or so. Uh, or sometimes I'll just go in and do like an hour long session with folks, 90 minutes, uh, and work with the team to say, okay, great. How do we work on some of these different skills, uh, that I've got a laundry list of them that we work on from, you know, goal setting to mental health, burnout, uh, all sorts of different things that kind of come together to ultimately help these teams come together as humans, perform better and sustain their performance, uh, to really perform at a high level. Mm. What, um, maybe we've already touched on it, but I'm just curious, anything that stands out to you when you're doing like the interaction with folks and you're starting to talk about some of these things, uh, when it comes to salespeople, um, anything that, that stands out as like a, a common theme, like you, you, you see a lot of people saying they're burnt out. A lot of people saying, um, Hey, like, you know, this stuff is a little too woo woo for me. Like, Hey, you know, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like what are people's initial kind of like reaction or questions or like, what's the feedback usually? Yeah. So one of the things I, I see a lot, I don't hear this uh, as much, but people typically need to crash and burn until they're ready to really open their eyes. Yeah. Been there. And I hate that. I hate (laughs) that so much. Like I, that's what I've been trying to work against for 12 plus years, but you realize people don't really take much action until they got a lot of pain built up. And so 
there are some folks that are like, well, this is kind of weird. And what I find out most is a lot of people have not spent much time doing self-reflection, intentionally building self-awareness because they're just kind of running on that hamster wheel. And so as I start asking folks questions about like, well, what, what are you feeling right now? And they're like, good, fine, okay. I'm like, those aren't feelings. And they're like, well, what the heck's a feeling then? And I'll pull up that, <laughs> I, I pull up this like feelings wheel and it's like, well, here's a bunch of ideas. And they're like, oh, and it like breaks off into like sad. And then it's like depressed, anxious, upset. And you're like, oh, now I've got some more language to actually label my emotions. And so I find that a lot of folks have not spent a lot of time doing much self-reflection and don't really understand who they are or why they are the way that they are. And so that's one of the first things that I love to do with people is I got a handful of different exercises to really help them start to unpack who are you, because then we can actually empathize with other people and really start to say, oh, great. Like, here's my own personal journey. I can maybe share some vulnerability and build trust with somebody on my team. And now I can also say, oh, I wonder how it might look like for that person and actually be a little bit more empathetic towards them or compassionate as we start to learn more about, you know, who am I now I can actually go and show up for others. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, Jordan, I want to take you to uh, some rapid fire questions. Let's rock it. Okay. Um, First up, we're learning machines on this podcast. As you can imagine, I got to hear some top book recommendations. uh, Any that have, have, you know, changed you, you know, personally, they could be, you know, business related, or they could be totally any other genre. Uh, anything's fair game, but curious if anything stands out. Yeah, I mean, so you had an awesome LinkedIn post a couple of weeks ago with a bunch of books that I, I pretty much would recommend any one of those on there. So I'm going to try and avoid those if I can remember what was on there. So I'm going to go a little bit more into the like mental health side of things. Cool. Uh, one of the books that that blew my mind open early on was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, talking about how do we be in the present moment? How do you actually be present? I think that one was a a fantastic read for me that again, just showed me like, oh, there's more to this world than I had thought. And he was again, a person that had to like go sleep on a park bench for a couple of weeks, like like the absolute crash and burn bottom pit of his life to open his mind up. So I was like, all right, this is kind of common. This is how how folks have to get there. Maybe even though I'd like it to be different. Um, I recently read The Untethered Soul, also like mm-hmm. deep in the, the spiritual kind of mental game that was really powerful. Just got done reading uh, 4,000 Weeks recently, yeah, good which was nice. Uh, I think Atomic Habits was on your list before, but James yeah. Clear in, in the last couple of years has been incredibly impactful for me. And then- I got to give a shout out to Seth Godin. I'm a big Seth Godin fan and uh, read a few of his books, but Lynchpin was a a really interesting one for me to think about how do I build unique value in in an organization that goes beyond just the role? And I'm still working on it. I still got work to do there, but that was a, a really interesting one that again, helped me think beyond just how do I not just do my job, but how do I build something that helps others and helps the organization run more effectively with the unique perspective that I can bring. So those are a couple, uh, but there's a a ton of others getting to stoic philosophy and a handful of other areas that uh, we could talk about for hours. But those are a couple of big ones that come to mind for me right now. You mentioned uh, Seth a couple of times. So I'd love to hear your uh, your takeaway from either. I don't know. Or you taught. Didn't you teach at all MBA class? 
Yeah, so I, I took the Alt MBA, which is uh, a program he put together a bunch of years ago, and I, I think I was in like I don't know cohort like fifteen, and it's a one month sprint again, helping you see what you can do when you sprint and then rest, opposed to like just trying to sprint forever. And so you, I think it was like you meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Zoom with folks from around the world, six to nine p.m. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you have an assignment due. Sunday, you meet with your small group for like eight hours and work on an assignment on top of your job. But what he brings there is so much around the real skills that we need to learn. One of my favorite exercises we went through was like, you know, pretend you're in sales. It was easy for me. Uh, Not many sellers were there, but pretend you're in sales and somebody buys from your customer and write, why are they right to not buy from you? None of this, like, because they're stupid, because they're cheap. It's like actually put yourself in that customer's shoes and start to think about how can you empathize with somebody? So I I took the program and then was kind of selected as a a small group of folks to come in and coach a few of the programs as well to really help folks unpack and uncover learning in their own way Uh, with this, again, beating up the existing school system, moving to this thought of like, there's no right and no wrong answer which so many people struggle with. So many people are afraid to show up to share an idea or thought because we're afraid to be wrong. We think we're going to get an F. And so giving folks this permission to say, there's no wrong answer. You know, there's some that we may like more than others that may really feel better. Maybe you've done the deep work to really be authentic and show up in the work that you do. But it was such an awesome experience that I, I cannot more highly recommend to anybody especially there are some companies that'll support support it with like tuition reimbursement money. It is a scary feat to say like, I'm going to go work this hard on top of my day job for a month, but it shows you how much you can accomplish when you can put your mind to something and learn these skills. And it's probably one of my favorite communities of people that I've actually ever connected with and stay, stay relatively connected with too. I love that. Um, what goes on on the Jordan Benjamin headphones music wise? Woo! Uh, lately, a lot of like EDM-ish music, okay. um, a lot of big, wild Rufus to Soul, Odessa lately. Uh, but then you'll also see me I, in mornings, I, a lot of times classical music, uh, piano, okay. uh, getting into some jazz, all sorts of stuff. But I, I'm a massive fan of music. Uh, I think music is one of the universal languages that bind us all together as humans. Uh, but that, that's where I've been spending a lot of my time lately. We've been talking a lot about, um, you know, the, the quote unquote nine to five, the main hustle sales, what you're doing with the, with my core OS, what's something that you do outside of that, that helps to kind of fill up your tank. Oh, uh, so I live in the mountains, of Colorado. Uh, and so wintertime I'm looking out at the snow right now. Most people are like, Oh, it sounds terrible. Pumped to have the snow, uh, <laughs> Vail ski resorts, like 10 minutes from me. So even if it's like an hour in a day, take a chairlift up, stand on top of the mountains, look at nature, the just unbelievable grandeur that's around me, and then cruise down a run 40, 50 plus miles an hour, uh, build some adrenaline and, uh, you know, get out in nature is something for me there. Then summertime, turn into golf course and mountain biking. So getting outside are are things that are just so powerful for me. Respect. Um, how about any other way that you uh, learn, like any any podcasts, newsletters, blogs, people that you're you're following as of late? Oh my gosh, I've been following a bunch of people on LinkedIn. Uh, have really liked what I've seen from like Kevin Dorsey, uh, oh, yeah. dropping a ton of wisdom lately. 
Jeff Risley runs uh, Sales Health Alliance, which is a really awesome resource. Um, the folks over at uncrush.org is a really awesome organization uh, that I'm hoping to spend some more time with here in the near future. Uh, and then the only consistent blog or email that I read almost every day, Seth Godin. It's like mm. some days it's like three lines. And so I'm like, oh, great. I can spend like 30 seconds to watch, read this. Um, and then I, I listened to too many podcasts. The one that's been rocking my world lately I'll give you two, uh, Dare to Lead by Brené Brown, and then uh, The Huberman Lab uh, by Eric Huberman, a Stanford uh, researcher, scientist that has been bringing some absolute fire lately. Uh, I got a few others, but th those are a couple that have been pretty exciting for me lately. That's great. We got a laundry list of uh, things to check out now. Um, my last one for you, who would you want to see come next on the Millennial Sales Podcast? Whew, there are so many interesting ideas there. Um, and being 200 plus episodes in, it's like, man, you, you've tackled a lot of, we awesome could do people. repeats. We could do repeats. So I have been, uh, really admiring, uh, the work lately from Scott Lease and Amy oh, Bolas, yeah. Yeah. running Thursday night sales. I got into that community. I had Scott on my show and they're just showing up for people in a way that, Seth talks a lot about a posture of generosity uh, in the Alt MBA. You show up and you have this posture of generosity that you adopt. And I, I think I see a lot of that out of Scott and Amy, where they're willing to help people. And yeah. they're not asking for dollars. They're sharing their knowledge, their wisdom. And that's what builds community. And that's what builds uh, growth and potential and opportunity. So th those are the two that uh, are coming to mind for me right now, because I'm going to their conference uh, in, in April uh, in Florida. So. Oh, nice. They, they got me That's hooked. Awesome. That's <laughs> great. That's great. They're, they're both great resources. Um, Jordan, appreciate the hell out of you uh, coming on here, dropping your wisdom. Before I let you go, obviously, you got to let everyone know where they can learn more about you, about my core OS, if they got questions for you or want to connect. Yeah. Uh, find me on LinkedIn, Jordan Benjamin, uh, Peak Performance Selling Podcast. We'll be dropping an episode with you, sir, here pretty soon. There we go. Uh, and then mycoreos.com uh, is another spot to find me, but hit me up anywhere and uh, I'd love to connect, help folks think through it uh, and any way I can help be a resource. I'd love to. I appreciate it, Jordan. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Tom. Have a great way. Thanks for checking out that episode. Start of the year. Let's kick some ass again. One of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alemo, uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.